Hi, I'm the ghost of Winston Churchill's brazen American mother, here to light up the London season, honey. Condé Nasty. Hi, like Queen Victoria, I'm also spending my life in mourning for the loss of a Prince Albert. It's Hursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how you doing? I'm good. I have coffee. That's really all I need at this time of day. Yeah? You're in the middle of a renovation, and for once it isn't that broad line? <laughs> no, I, my, my bathroom is currently full of uh, strapping lads of uh, dubious virtue, uh, retiling walls and things, and we're, we're, there's, there's a lot of innuendo at this point. I'm looking very forward to uh, giving the new shower a try. Okay. I, I like the, the lads of various vir- dubious virtue. That, that's a phrase I, I feel I need to borrow sometime. <laughs> Um, and we have a guest here with us today. Welcome, Valkyrie. Hello, I'm the star tight end. No, not that one, you perv. I'm talking about American football. Hey, girl, how you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to be back on the podcast again. Yeah, uh, for those of you who might recall, Valkyrie was on season 11 and, and on our infamously lost Snatch Game episode, which I will never mention again. <laughs> um, it's a podcast being a visual medium. You can't see me staring daggers right now, but... They're there. They are there. They're <laughs> almost manifesting physically. Um, anyways, Valkyrie, you're a big fan of the show as we went over in your first episode. You've been watching since the beginning. I've got to ask, what are you thinking of this season of Drag Race, this first season of UK Drag Race? Uh, I'm not super excited about it, and I've distilled it down okay. to three Thanks. points. So please let me get through some let, of Yes, let, let's let Valkyrie speak her piece. And then we can discuss. have rigorous discussion. Yeah. Um, first, I just feel like I'm a little bit of fatigue. We've had, like, assuming All-Stars and North Season 12 is coming, it'll be nine months of straight. Plus the celebrity right? Plus one celebrity, they're releasing. It's a lot. So, like, coming into it, I was like, ooh, awesome, new season. But also, like, this is like someone could have a baby yeah. if they conceived on episode one of UK and burst during the live finale of season 12. Uh, So that's kind of like my own problem. Second, another thing that that I realized is I was kind of, my expectations were off. Coming off of season 11, I was kind of expecting season 12 mini version in UK. And so I have to keep reminding myself, this is season one. And like season 11 of United States is vastly different than season one of United States. And I have to kind of keep resetting myself, which is totally my own expectations in okay. my own head. But I think this is also kind of fueled with my third part, is that I don't see enough changes in the actual structure of the show to embrace more of the UK drag culture, which is vastly different than what happens in the United States. So yes. it's like everything, the workroom is the same, the stage is the same, most of the challenges are exactly the same, with small tweaks, without a whole lot of anything else to acknowledge what the differences are. I, I, I would love to get into that. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about I it. would have fought you harder on that point in episode one. This far down the line, I think it's... I, I would have to agree, the lip syncs are so underwhelming that they don't even have you... They, they, they don't serve their point. There's because, no ambivalence. Right. No, it, it's like... Yeah, every lips... No, normally in a lip sync, there's the weaker girl, and she has to lip sync so well that she compensates for being the literal worst. And no one can lip sync well enough on that show. So whoever is the worst during the main challenge, it's all, there's never that, that like, like when, um, 
uh, Dieter Ritz did uh, This Will Be an Everlasting Love in front of Natalie Cole. And you watched her and you're like, where the fuck were you during the main challenge? That was that was a lifting, uplifting moment because you were like watching this woman claw herself back into the competition through force of will. And that's fun. They honest, if they do a season two, I think they need to find a different way to like a different challenge for those queens just to decide who goes home. I, I want to say that I agree with you there. I, and we've talked about mm-hmm. this on the last episode. Um, I agree with you. When we after we talked about it last episode, yeah. I did pause and think about what is distinctive about drag in Chicago mm-hmm. when we are all in Chicago. And I feel like I was pausing and thinking about it, and I was like, Chicago is like this is where Dita Ritz is from. This is where Shea Coulee, yeah, where the Vixen yeah. is from. And really think about it. Think about the the live drag shows you've gone to, where the girl is not a drag race girl; she's a local girl. And she integrates lip syncing and dance to her routine. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's a lot of diverse drag in a lot of different cities, and Chicago is included with that. But really, any girl in Chicago who goes up there and lip syncs and dances to a song, it's much better than the average mm-hmm. repulse. Like, I honestly think that is the most distinct thing about Chicago mm-hmm. drag is like, if you're going to get up there and lip sync and dance, like, Dita Ritz is not an aberration, yeah. and we are very lucky. Yeah. Like, I, I think we come from a place where it's like, the average drag queen who lip syncs on stage live, who is not a RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. girl in Chicago, is like phenomenal. Mm. And in London, that's obviously not, not what like they do. The, that that's some of they not do. What they do. And so, like my standards are like they were all like Crystal. You really turned that out, and I was like, bitch, where? <laughs> like where? <laughs> um, so uh, I I agree with you, Valkyrie, that the show is. I think they showed up and they're like, we're just doing what we do in the American version. Let's feel it out and see how it goes. We're adding some British references a little bit. We're trying to do a little bit of like, like I feel like Rue is explaining a little more what things mean just so BBC viewers who may be watching for the first time get it, which I think is good. And I think that they're trying to do a little bit that's a little more culturally aware of the British, but not about British drag. And it isn't changed really in any substantive way. And I think... British drag is, like, drag is very diverse, whatever, but I feel like it isn't accommodating for their differences and strengths and weaknesses. And I think that there are differences. And it's not like a judgment, like, British or American are better. They're better and worse at different things. No, I'm hoping a second season digs in a little deeper. To your first point, I agree with the fatigue, where it's just like, let let it scab over, guys. Um, That being said, what I like about this season is this kind of, and it radiates kind of from Rue and Michelle directly, just this sense of like, we're on vacation, this is fun, like we can, it, it is, Oh, the show they're is, having way more right, fun. The show and is, they're turning luck. Right, the show has just been a lot more fun to watch, it does harken back to like my favorite seasons of the, it, it is the very American version of Drag Race, but it harkens back to my favorite seasons of the American version. It, it's kind of like, like, you know when the bitter, brittle, married couple goes on a vacation to try to save things? This time it actually worked. Like, the, the new scenery, the getting away from your obligations, it was just kind of like, everyone feel it feels lighter, uh, in a way, that 10 and 11 didn't for me. Okay. Yeah. So I, mean, what, I, I mean, I will say, I'm not excited like I am for some of the past seasons, but once I'm in it and I'm watching it, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's okay. just not, it's not something I'm looking forward to, or like, in on the, the edge of my seat for the okay. preview for the next episode. Okay. So, that totally makes sense. I want to ask you, Valkyrie. What would you change, like, top of mind, if you have any ideas? If you were, 
if you were in the production group and you were looking at the season where it is now, if you could go back in time and you were like helping develop the first season, what modifications do you think you would make? Um, so I, I think one of the bigger things is I love a good look queen mm-hmm. and like, in the United States, there's a huge pageant system, yeah. like, even look, like, very well put together. Drag to queens the have been on high-definition television yeah. for a decade now, and yeah, their makeup and, skills have caught up. <laughs> but, like, UK doesn't have a pageant system. That refinement isn't necessarily part of that culture, so yeah. thinking through, A, how do we address it to, like, level set of, like, what is the... Because, yeah. like, they've done a good job of being, like, here's comedy queens and their strength, and not defaulting queens who have strengths that are not looks in other categories in the u.s version but i feel like i'm still wanting some more of that refined polish because it hasn't been addressed well i'll say like we're i'm jumping a little bit ahead but yeah i on the runway when the vivian was standing there and i'm like ooh, from the from the when the wide shot you look fucking gorgeous close up Girl, there's like a centimeter and a half between the end of your makeup and the beginning of your hairline and you are the front runner like, that is just, a, it's something, you're right, and I think it's, it's clear that she knows what she's doing, but she's also doing it for eyes that aren't the Drag same as ours. Yeah. paint for the back of the stage until they got in high def. Yeah. And now they're in high def. And I, I, I honestly am a little surprised that some of the best ones, like the Viv, didn't do a little more, I'm going to do a film test and then do my makeup differently. You know, and like, I know a lot of these girls are... Not all of them, but a good number of them are some of the more prominent drag queens in the UK. I am a little like I would expect like a Skype call with Miss Fame to have transpired. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it obviously didn't. Um, yeah. So. I think secondarily, uh, drag is a lot, like they're not lip syncing in, in the UK. They're singing no, live a lot of the time. They sing alive or they don't. They don't lip sync. I'm yeah. surprised it took this long for them to sing live. In the season, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, because they are live singers, it's a lot more common in British drag, yeah. Um, and it's it's a lot more of just like entertaining shows, yeah. And like kind of. So I I think more improv, yeah, added into it, yeah, um, would show strengths more and have us understand these personalities better. I agree. Than what has been, and then like everyone loves a good make a dress out of trash episode. Yeah, I um, love so like I don't want them to abandoned some of the staples but i feel like they just ignored thinking yeah. creatively about what they could do in this yeah house. no i my issue with all stars 4 was it was like there is a cast of drag race that you write that for and as much as Ursula has stated that those were terribly written scripts they were but they were acting challenges that required people to take honestly shitty material and make it good and deliver it well there is a cast of alums to give a season of challenges like that too all-Stars 4 was not that cast. Yeah. I think that something like that would make a lot more sense with the UK Dragons. I also feel like this was one of the best Snatch games ever. And personally, when they announced Drag Race UK, I was so excited for Snatch Game because I felt like it was way more in British entertainers' wheelhouses altogether, let alone drag queens. And I will say, I do think, this is season one, I don't think that this was the best Snatch Game that has ever happened on the show. It is definitely in the top for me indisputably probably yeah I mean it's I'm gonna say it's probably number three for me um I loved it I thought it was phenomenal and I feel like another challenge that is something that pulls from similar skill set yeah would have would have gagged the fans and you had the cast to do it well yeah 
do you have any other responses to uh, Valkyrie's Valkyrie's concerns on this season? No, I personally, I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I I get everything. I agree intellectually with everything you're saying. The the finished product still just I'm I am kind of I, I you're am an more, anglophile. Yeah, I've, you're I'm, an anglophile. I've read every. You're an orange man. I've read every uh, everything uh, Agatha Christie's ever put on paper. So I'm very ready for this. Um, no, I there's a. The, I, for me, though, it's just one of tone. Like, everyone seems happier to be there. Yeah, I do think the way that the hosts seem excited. Yeah. The way that Michelle and Rue are turning looks and very excited to be there and are, like, clearly having a great vacation. Yeah. And just seem a lot more present, I think, is adding a lot to it feeling joyous. Yeah. I like the cast and I'm enjoying the season. There are a lot of ways in which it feels like what was good about earlier seasons of Drag Race that felt a little less produced. Is there... I agree that the challenges could have been designed in a way to, to focus yeah. more on this cast strengths than they were, but I'm nonetheless having a good time. And I'm not, I am just like, they're not as good on runway. I'm not upset. The only thing where I'm like, this feels problematically different, and I'm not even suggesting they change it, but the lip sync is like, we already know who did the absolute worst, and neither of these girls is going to like either fuck up so badly or take, like, no one's a Trinity K. Bonet. Nobody's right. gonna fuck up the challenge and then, like, fucking light that stage on fire and get to stay. Yeah. I never, I never feel tension like that's right. a possibility because it isn't. Right. <laughs> and so that, that's, uh, that changes things. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. It was, uh, what is it? It's the girl group challenge. Yes. I feel like there was some cutesy name I'm not recalling. Yeah. It's been a crazy week. Um, and, and, they had the reading challenge right off the bat. I'm. I will say right now, for all of what I just said, I thought these girls would be very good at the reading challenge. A lot of them didn't understand what reading was and just got up there and insulted the other person. I feel like Rue should have explained reading. And um, I was underwhelmed and felt like they gave Crystal a win to justify get. Like as soon as they gave her the, the unearned win, I was like. Oh, okay, so they definitely want an excuse to send her home this week. Well, for, for, for <laughs> me, what it felt like, like, part of the problem is, because these queens, ins- and it's an attitude thing generally, I think, these queens insult themselves so much more than American their American counterparts. It's like, Baga's best, lo- the best reads of Baga have fallen out of Baga's mouth in the intro episode. She's also the funniest person. Right, but yeah. it was just, even her reads, where it was just like, I agree, For there is a difference between reading and just straight up insulting. There has to be that cleverness. There are, there are that, different things. There are different things. There are, there's some subtle shading uh, that was not here. Yeah. And I felt like, it was almost like they were so used to taking the piss out of each other that it kind of flattened the experience. It wasn't, it. this didn't feel like drag queens reading each other. This felt like drunken mates Making joking at a bar or or a pub. To I'm me, speaking. it's way more straight guy humor where it's like right. I'm just being a dick to right. you, and then we're laughing. Where right. it's like that. Where's the subtle sophistication there? There's none. <laughs> it also seems super repetitive. Yeah. yeah, like the same queen said the same. Like bagger shit, shite, super bagger shit, easy. Shite, shite, I thought yeah. they would be amazing at this, yeah. so I was shocked that they were terrible. At I them. agree, and then like I feel like it started with bagger shite, and then just poop all the way around. Right. Like, they could not get off the poop train. Right. Which is, those jokes are never funny to me. No. Um, who did you think actually won? Blue. I was yeah. most surprised and excited for Blue. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I give you that. 
I like that. I like when she had to ex- have have Rent Boy explain to her in the yes. confessional. <laughs> I get it. That's a term that's fallen out of whatever. She's literally twenty three. I can't blame. Like it's <laughs> it's not a joke people make anymore. So whatever. Um, but okay, it wasn't. It was an underwhelming read. Yeah, and I think that Crystal made good choices based on just skill set, but obviously yeah. they weren't able to pull it together. The other team, I think, was very like I think with us and what we know and are capable of doing will be fine. And I agreed with them. I felt like as much as Crystal made what I thought were reasonable choices, I did not think like, oh, there's a good team and a bad team and I know how this is going to work out. I didn't at all. What did you guys think of the team? Um, I think the, the mistake that um, uh, Crystal made for me was picking a singer and a dancer when she is neither causes the cohesion problem that they eventually identify. It's kind of like when they picked... They picked Mariah Carey because everyone knew her a little, rather than picking one they one person who knew one real well and could carry the rest with her. I think had she picked, it was one of those like, even if this works out great, Vivian will sing really well. Uh, uh, dancer will dance really well. Who uh, Cheryl? God, not she, I know, I know. We like we're like this bitch. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. Um, will dance really well, and then Crystal won't be either. It just looks disparate. Where if you put, if you pick at least two other two singers, then your group would be a singing group. Or you pick dancers, they're a dancing group, and you can blend into that. So it was like you picked things to highlight how different each other is and what you don't have. And it's it's not like an RP like like it's not like you're playing an RPG where you need like a warrior, a medic, a scribe, and like it just for a group. I, I just felt she picked things that would not jet she. She only looked at their talent and not thinking, how will they blend as a group? Yeah, on paper, it makes sense to be like, oh, they can sing. But, like, Vivian's not going to be able to teach you to sing. Right. And, like, Cheryl can dance, but she's not going to be able to make you do a death drop in a day. Right. And then Crystal didn't identify anything. Right. She just abdicated from the beginning, which was the fatal flaw. It wasn't like, I I can do X, Y, Z. It's, I can't do anything. Yes. I'm going to flop her out like a dead fish. Yeah, so my I don't see it the way that you her, do her slow. Like that, that, I mean, that's like a valid argument, obviously. But in some way, I felt like it makes sense to pick one person who is very strong with this and one person who is very strong with that, two parts of the challenge. But I feel like if you're going to do that, you need to be like, hey, Viviv, can you help us and coach us to get what, like, this is my vocal range. I'm not a trained singer. And, like, I'm going to call on you, but, like, actively be calling you on the co-pilot to get us all three where we need to land. And then do the same with Cheryl. And I felt like, I felt like Crystal is so monotone, low energy, like, just a touch of pearl energy, that she wasn't selling it. And she was, I do, I agree with you. I think on some level it feels more like she abdicated than she harnessed Mm. those strengths. I think it was more about, I don't think that's a bad method to pick a team. I think how you lead that is to, to be successful yeah, okay, matters. That, yeah. And I feel like she did in a weird way. It was like I picked two people who can do the two primary things that are necessary for this challenge, but I'm not really leading it in a way that like results in good outcomes. I, I don't was, know. You need to be strategic. Yeah. You need and to be more strategic than that. <laughs> completely. And looking at the two teams, I was like, the other team is funny. Yeah. And like... Bang no, I agree. I agree. Like the comedian there, of the and, season. And, and this like, is Drag Race. You need to be funny. And that, together, I was like, they're either going to be amazing 
because it's going to gel and they're going right. to get it and they're going to bring the humor which is needed in a lot of yeah to win this challenge yeah. or they're going to fall flat but i was like well this that, team isn't going to fall flat. The, the question mark for me in that team was blue because it was like if blue gets in her head she'll weigh yeah. it down but she actually kind of came out of her shell which which they all noticed and all praised her for it was like i knew davina would have something even if davina's not a singer she's enough of an a student to be like i will figure it out and it turns out she even if she hurt that whistle register shit was fucking hilarious um but like you know davina will have the she, she will have like the laser like focus to be like i will figure something to add to this so my only real question was will blue just close up on herself yeah. and then she didn't and it worked great i i actually don't i have not read blue as shutting down i feel like they keep trying to project this narrative of her needing to come out of her shell or like she's shy and whatever She's young, and I feel like they're trying to produce an idea of her that I have not seen exhibited mm. by her at all. I think it would have been easy for Blue to kind of fade into the background, I'll give you that. given how bold and yeah. boisterous the other two are. But I think everyone was so supportive of each other that that didn't happen. No, they were totally cohesive, and it was and because the other two made sure, like, brought her along and incorporated yeah. her that they ended up being I, as good as they were. I agree. I don't think it was the teams that resulted in the outcome i think it was the way that they collaborated with another one yeah, that resulted yeah, in the I would outcome. Agree with that, yeah. um so i guess let's talk about how i thought the shit talking in the workroom which was almost like tongue-in-cheek the whole time they were doing it yeah yeah was very funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> um did, what did you guys think of that no it was it was i i enjoyed it it was better than the reading yeah. yes yeah well because it was more natural and they were just like we're gonna pull the rug out from one of these people and intimidate them and just be silly bitches. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Then let's get into uh, the... I don't know if you guys want to talk about the recording and everything. I kind of just want to get into how they actually performed, if that's all right. I just want to say I loved the uh, producer. Yeah, he was fun. He yeah. Was, I, I, I've seen him on a few things I don't really know too much about him, but he I, was great. I loved his I loved his sound engineer where it was like, like I'm the producer. I'm an elegant, non-gender conforming, beautiful British black man with amazing hair and flawless makeup. And here's my producer, a, a builder that I must have found at a bus. Like, like they could not have been more different. Just and it just yeah. cracked me the fuck up where it's like, I'm a beautiful flower. And Ian, just, I don't know why that just slayed me. I feel like you <laughs> see a lot of that with drag queens where it's like, here's my musical collaborator and no he was not going to shave his like entire face beard in order to be on stage with me he didn't brush his hair that flannel looks like he's been wearing it for three days don't mind all right um all right so then let's get into how they performed so right away we're i forget the names of the group the vivian filth harmony filth harmony the vivian cheryl hole and uh, crystal yeah um i i guess first impression the looks, because part of it was they had to pull together a cohesive look. Nothing was cohesive no. about their look. Like the Vivian in all black, Cheryl Hole in all white, Crystal in like weird black top and yeah. red boots. It's like you're a group and you did nothing cohesive. Like it looks like they just were like, oh, I have this that's girl group. I'm going to wear this and didn't have a conversation. No, they and I feel like there's totally. I'm sure they could have looked through their closets and come up with like a look that made sense that would make them look like a group, and they didn't. The yeah. other team, I think, made costumes, but also it was entirely possible they all had a black costume and were like, well, I'll do this in blonde wigs, that'll work. Well, like, the other team's costumes, even if they were, like, I think they only worked as a cohesive look because they were all black and they made that decision it was only going to be black. Yeah. If you had those be different colors and looked at it, but I they, don't like, think structurally were similar. Yeah. 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 Structurally similar, all made sense, all were, like, girl groupy, but if right. one 
did something different, that wouldn't have worked either. I agree. And so they were smart enough to realize that. Yeah. Where the other, like, even if the other team, everyone had one red thing on, that yeah. would have been so much better than the weird hodgepodge right. of what you got. The wig, and Vivian in the pink wig doesn't help. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that was Vivian just being like, I have this wig, it is girl group, I'm wearing it, tough shit. I mean, for me, it was just the energy from the moment they started. It was like it was like they were performing through molasses. It was just this weird, low energy. Everything was, like, very deliberate. There was no real energy at all to that performance. So, uh, right away, Phil Harmony comes in, and the Viv looks great. And all of a sudden, there's a moment, about ten seconds in, where it almost feels like a light fades out of her eyes, and she just stops singing. Um, and we talked about this now several times on this podcast. Lip singing is not a thing they've done. I know, like, the first amateur drag competition I ever did, I lip sang that song so many times. And then I got up there, and those lights were on, and there were 300 people in a crowded bar for this competition, many of whom I knew. And the song escaped me. And I just, like, I had, I just, like, had my mouth open and tried. Uh, it came to me, but, like, that, that moment... I, I've been there, and it was rough, and it was really hard to see it happen to somebody who's been so good. I think the worst thing, though, is to stop. Yeah. So do I. Like, she just stopped it. because you could tell it escaped, and she was just, yeah. she just stopped. Yeah, like, mouth watermelon, or whatever weird yeah. word you choose yeah. that makes it look like you're singing. But, like, you completely shut down for a second. Yeah. And then restarted looking panicked. Yeah, no. And I, it, it's very, like... The Beyonce with her weave getting stuck in the fan and continuing to do the show moment of, like, God, you consummate performer, you robot woman, you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there is that, like, even if you're fucking up in a way that this is out of your control, just stopping telegraphs so much more than, like, if you ended up just watermeloning until they come back to you, that's way better than just stopping. Or turn around. Yeah. If you don't remember the words, don't show them your mouth for a second. Yeah. You can change choreography. Well, just yeah. yeah, a big thing in performing live is like like if you're do, like if you're doing a play, I guarantee you, in every night of every production of every Shakespeare play since the 1600s, one actor has botched one line. They transposed a word. They skipped a line. They missed a cue. Yeah, but you don't. But the audience doesn't know it. Shakespeare wouldn't know it unless you see it on their faces. Yeah. The, yeah. All you have to do is not let them know you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And it was rough to see the Viv, who's been so steadfast, competent, and competent this whole time, have that. Like, I like her. I think her air, her well-earned and justified arrogance puts off a lot of people. I'm not going to say it's my favorite thing, but I think it's less off-putting to me than I think it has been to a lot of people I've talked to about the show. Um... I, I might be able to relate sometimes, surprising no one. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, that that was hard. And then Cheryl, who I've been super underwhelmed with, and I know is chummy with a lot of the Drag Race girls, and I've sort of been like, I'm waiting to see something interesting or dynamic in you. It was very clear to me that like she does this. Like a lot of most British drag queens don't do this. She does this, and she comes alive when she does it, and she knows how to make face with the audience in a way that feels like a real girl group dancer would do, but also she does it in an exaggerated enough way that it's kind of funny and drag. And I felt like I saw something in her that was special for the first time yeah. watching this that I think a lot of the U U.S. drag queens do, but I feel like in the U.K. that probably stands out a lot more 
and she did it very well. She and like she knew what she was doing. Um, and Crystal to me was just like fully pearl the whole time. Like there was no sexy swag or like feminine anything in how she carried herself or her vocal intonation, her face, her body. It like she was terrible, and it was a terrible wig choice. And I like Crystal, and it was hard. that was hard because I was like, "Oh, you have no fucking idea how to do this." Um, but that was me. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with all the points you just said, and especially with Cheryl, you know she's been doing that since she was four in her yeah. mirror with the brush. Absolutely. Like, she mentioned absolutely. it a few times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> but, but it was nice that there was actually some life on that yeah. stage yeah. for the first time. I agree, I agree. This season. Um, and yeah, I mean, you knew Crystal was going to struggle, but I would, Crystal is one of my favorite of the season. Same, and same. Partially because I think she has the most interesting looks. Yeah. Even yeah. F- from the promo shot yeah. on, she's yeah. been the one that Same. I'm like, what is she going to wear? I yeah, want she to went to fashion runway. school for sure. Yeah, you can um, tell. Yeah. But it, I was just like, you just didn't do anything well. No. She and like, no, I, I felt like watching that first group, I was like, ooh, Crystal is going home. Oh, yeah. It was, she was going to be in the bottom. Yeah. Indisputable. And, yeah. And I mean, narratively, probably going home. Yeah, but yeah. Um, all right, so are we ready to move on to the other group? Uh, the the frock destroyers. Yeah. Frock destroyers. Are you both familiar with what they're referencing with that? I had to Google it. No, I, I did not Google it. I the, just... the cock destroyers, which are these two British women that I think are in their like late thirties, and they're cam models slash um, prostitutes, and they both are built in a way that's very nineties female porn star, unnaturally large breasts. Very British proper accents. Like, the one was, like, an attorney. I think they're very... It's, like, an odd thing where it's, like, these very highly educated women who look like porn stars and do, like, these live cam things where they go out, like, trolling for dick. And I think a lot of drag queens really... Like, I find their videos a little unbecoming. (laughs) But I know a lot of drag queens love them. So... And the British, I think. Yeah. So... Yeah, I had to Google a bit to to figure out... What the fuck destroyer was? Yeah. Okay, it was definitely like a dirty reference that yeah. RuPaul would like and, and get. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think yeah. So they came out there right away. I feel like all three of them knew how to make eye contact with an audience and be playful. They integrated. Actually, I'm going to pause. Valkyrie, what did you think of the Frock Destroyers? I, I was watching it online, so when they came out, I literally paused it when they were in their, like, cape yeah. outfits, and I'm like, that is genius. And it was like, it gave us the pose, like, that was an album cover right. that the other team didn't give us. Yep, like, right. you saw that, that was a composed look, yeah. like, already starting amazing, and you knew they were just going to throw that off and make a good yeah. reveal, right. for lack of a better word, out of it. Um, which I loved. And then from... First moments, it was captivating. Like yeah. they were funny, they performed. Uh, we already talked about how they looked; yeah. like they were cohesive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue's dance moves, her like weird humping squat. <laughs> yeah, I'm in love with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might see me busting that out on the dance floor. She's in the near got future. the right mix of awkward, but I'm here to have fun with yes. that. In a lot of what she does, that I feel like is like she. It's a weird lane. But it suits her, yeah. and she does it well. Yeah, uh, for me, the moment that just blew, uh, I was like, "Well, fuck it, they got this." Was right during Baga's opening verse. Like you worked in both Margaret Thatcher and much better. Like, bitch. Yeah, no branding. Bitch. Branding. Yeah. Like, yeah. why was I ever sleeping on you? Like, oh, I was never sleeping yeah. on her. I was afraid she would become the silky ganache of the season. Mm. She is not. Yes, 
Um, and I, I'm like so triggered by how horribly Silky was mismanaged that I was like, I hope they don't rely on this so much. They don't critique her or anything. And it's terrible. Like I feared that, but I was never sleeping on her. I, she is my favorite at this point or one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Do you have any, any other notes on that? No, I mean, out of the three, I feel like Davina shined the most for me, like starting with that split. And, like, she, I feel like, gave the best performance. Yeah. Like, eye contact, lyrics were on point. Like, it was a perfect way to end yeah. that already strong set right. with, in my opinion, the strongest Yeah. So what was funny to me is their collective dance moves. It felt like Davina's the long, skinny, like, a little more model-esque, androgynous, awkward body type, but also the a little bit older girl. And I felt like the way that she danced... With the group stuff, felt a little like, oh, you're the Michelle of this. But in a way that, for me, what I loved about it was it felt like, you're the old pro who might be a little stiffer, but you're so good with your comedic timing and your actual voice that you don't have to be as good at this. And that, and I almost feel like there was something comedic about the way that she was like a little slower or a little stiffer or just slightly off from the rest of them, that it was funny to me in a way that I don't know if was intended and I think her solo part was the best. I also think that there was like a, like, in terms of expectations you expect Baga to be funny and dazzling and the center of the stage you know Blue can turn a look I think Davina's such a, you know reserved, introverted, shy student who we didn't discuss this yet, but like lived through section 28 and like really we'll, like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so I think there might, like, if anything, if you, if you had to lay bets on where the fracture point in the group would be, it would be if Davina couldn't be, you know, funny or like, like go for self control. And then she absolutely did. So I think that, like, that made it all of that much better that she's like, she is one of the quieter, more intellectual queens and then just brought it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I loved it. I thought, yeah. I thought, they, I thought they knew hilarious. what they were doing. They were delivering both performance and comedy the whole time. They were intentionally cohesive as a girl group. I feel like every check mark they hit, and I feel like I don't remember any point at which I was like, oh, they're not singing their words. It seemed like they knew the whole thing, the yeah. whole, thing, whole thing through. Well, it's like the best form of parody is, a th- is where it's like, this could actually just straight up be the thing. It's like like Crazy Ex Girlfriend came to mind during their during their number where it's like I, this could be its own like sure I'm I'm gonna go buy it on iTunes where it's like this could just be an unironic entry into this genre but it's also like a spot on parody of it and that's what makes such a great parody when it's like really aware and likes the thing it's making fun of it, it's like with reading it's that subtlety of like it's not just mocking the thing it's lovingly mocking the thing because you understand it because you love it and there's I think nailed that feeling yeah yeah for sure for sure um phenomenal tens across the board for me yeah um all right so then they're back in the workroom talking about title 28 is it section 28 28. so you want to talk about that a little bit yeah for the for the children who don't know uh margaret thatcher's government may she rot in hell uh passed a law that said you uh, schools could not promote the acceptance of homosexuality or some words to that effect and the practical effect was that teachers felt unable to intervene even in cases of anti-LGBT bullying because saying don't beat that kid up for being gay could be read as advocating acceptance of homosexuality. So it not only prevented, it it, it removed, it's it's like when you read a history book and where it's like, this man wrote a letter to his friend and the letter's like, your jizz tastes like ambrosia. And the historian's like, oh no, they were just friends. And that's how they talk. Like you don't talk about, like it's gay people were not invented in the 20th century. 
They've always been there, everywhere. Yes. yes. And so not only were you not discussing those actual facts of history, you had to ignore and, and, and enabled the kind of bullying that Davina talked about. And I have to say, of all of the weepy, uh, my sob story stories, that one got me hardest. Like, that one felt the least produced, the least manufactured. Davina losing it and trying to hold it together in the confessional, where it's like, she, it's, it's clear she actually doesn't want to just cry for the camera for attention. This is actually, like, a painful thing she's trying not to step on too hard. And, like, that, that fucked me up a little. Yeah, no, I was super excited when this came up, because... A, it's giving us part of the UK gay culture right. that the show has ignored yes. up until this point. And I think it made you understand a little more about Davina and like yeah. how she might be a little more fragile because growing up, everything about her was right. beat down yeah. and yeah. belittled and destroyed. And so like she doesn't have that innate confidence that a lot of yeah. people have growing up yes. where she's like, I know what I'm doing. This is me. I'm comfortable with my skin. Yeah, no, gay trauma is real. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's a thing that a lot of people are talking about a lot more now. Yeah. Um, It's very real. Yeah. And I feel like that's... And and the thing was, this law was passed in 1988. It was repealed in 2003, but... So it wasn't even one of those, well, this is existence since the time of Richard III, and it was written on parchment with a quill. It was this conservative bitch in 1988 trying to score points with her base. So it's just like... It, it, like Davina would have been a kid when it was passed yeah. like at a time when it would have felt like the direct attack that it was like this wasn't even just legacy bigotry this was like new renewed bigotry well honestly given her age it's like literally like so this will be in place for the years that you are in school yeah and then repealed right after you are no longer in school yeah yeah which is shitty yeah. <laughs> like the the timing for her if you do the math is actually very unfortunate. I and, and to your point, I do feel like it's... I mean, when you really pause and think about, like, diversity of mankind and, like, the Kinsey scale and just that there have always been queer, gender non-conforming people, there have always been people with same-sex impulses, many people have same uh, sexual, like, desires towards both, gen- both genders, like, I'm not going to turn this into a gender studies court class, but, like, I... We have always existed. Statistically, we're about as frequent as left-handed people. It's not really interesting. Like, I feel like straight people are way more interested than I am in queer sexual identity. Like, it's so, such a devious push against things. We've always existed, and it is the type of thing where it's like, it's bizarre to have a government policy that is basically deny the existence of, like, 1 in 11 people. And I feel like not everybody emotionally contextualized what's the, what that really means for people like Davina in this world. So it was good that it was discussed in those terms. Yeah. I imagine it was good for the UK that it was discussed in yeah. those terms. Yeah, and it's and like when and like Blue Hydrange is talking about how you know gay marriage wasn't legal in Northern Ireland even when it was legal elsewhere in the UK. They I think what two weeks ago finally amended their constitution to allow gay marriage and abortion. You would know you weren't. <laughs> I just like. <laughs> and though I actually would like to turn this into a gender studies class because I think it's our best shot of getting Sasha Valer on the show to do her Judith Butler uh, snatch game. Character. I think that's valid. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, I have a lot more to say on this, but I haven't read enough recently. But anyways, yeah, so let's get into the runways. Right away, we have the Viv looking actually the part of the challenge without it being too dragged up in this gold look. Valkyrie, what did you think of her look? Uh, I mean, it was too literal. In my opinion. Yeah. She, yes. Um And I was like, if she was more like fake 
bronzer yeah. trophy wife in a bronze outfit. Like there were ways she could have camped it up a little more instead of just I'm gonna look gorgeous. Which she she looked she gorgeous. Looked gorgeous. Yeah. She looked gorgeous. But yes. like at this stage in the game, I need more than just you're looking gorgeous. Yeah. It needed to be drag. It needed yeah. to be this challenge drag. That, it was almost female there's impersonator. a real woman who wears that to yeah. the races yes. with hair like that. Who looks like? I mean, it was just it was real. Even if you exaggerated the hat so much more, that would have taken it to a place that right. I would be much more excited than. Okay, you went to a, an old rich woman's closet and pulled out a dress, right? Yeah. Well, uh, pl- playing the mental game we all play of how would I have done this challenge? The Viv- the Vivians made me think what I think would have been a perfect if you wanted to go the real woman look, just do a spotless, flawless recreation of Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman when they go to the races. And that would, because then it would have been, yes, I look like a real woman, but it's Julia Roberts, and that's a joke, because she's a whore, and I'm a whore. Like, there's a way, you could no, have, totally, totally. yeah, you no, could have done real, real love woman. the reference, yeah. 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 Uh, I agree, yeah, it was a gorgeous color. Um, I will say, when she, when they were on stage for the critiques, for some reason, I clocked, like, the harshest makeup line, right, just short of her hairline, yeah. not even up to the hairline, and, like, I don't know if that she was rushed, or it was just because it's could HD. Could have been something off with her lace. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, it was just like, whoa, whoa. Um, it's kind of like, like we all we all know those women who only do foundation to their jawline, and you have to be like, all the way under the, under the, all the way to the neck, you have to, if you're going to wear a different I color. love women <laughs> who go like two shades darker with their makeup and do like a hard jawline and stuff, and it's like, who are we? Are we? Who are we fooling? Right, is this? Uh, do I need to take you to a three-way mirror? Right. Because like, I will. Like I, would, oh. I, I would love it if Chicago had an active kabuki scene, but yeah. I don't think oh that's what God. you were going for. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, moving on to Cheryl Pohl. Uh, you keep, Cheryl Pohl. I, the, I don't care. That's just, the let it go. Time. Just let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. I don't. I don't care. Let it go. Let it go. Um, so Cheryl Hall comes out, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna readily admit something. Like. I'm particularly partial to, like, red-haired drag queens. Yeah. Like, I've done red-haired drag. Uh, I like a porcelain British-looking person, drag queen with a red hair. Uh, the outfit she was wearing is my favorite color. I have critiqued her this whole time for being basic and kind of looking like a basic every girl. This was the first time where it was, like, the most basic version of my aesthetic sensibility is what she was doing. So for me, right away, I was like, oh, she's doing a good look. For like a half second before I was like, this is more basic. This is just basic. I like. Um, Agreed. Like that's, <laughs> does that make sense? Absolutely. Because I thought um, the same thing. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that it's a gorgeous color. It has movement. I love that color red hair with um, purple yeah. clothing. It, it, it's one of those, uh, not to set, not to beat like a Michelle Visage point to death, but like it's a styling thing. She could have worn that dress with that hair. With, like, a different pair of shoes and a different bag that would have pulled it up just enough to be like, I actually do know what I'm doing in terms of drag, but this is a gorgeous color and it moves well. Like, there, there were things she could have added and tweaked to, even if she wanted to do that dress with that hair, still would have worked. Yeah, and I, I feel like, um, for me, it was the same problem as the Viv. There's a real girl who looks well, like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was a little too actually just the challenge. Like, yeah. it was too dead on. And I get her brand is that Essex girl. We've yeah. seen it throughout the entire season. Yeah. And it's just, that's all it is, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm waiting for her to, like, have a growth moment yeah. to be like, oh, wait, I have to yeah. change something up. I want, like, a monster's ball. So she has, I want a yeah. challenge where it's like, you can't be an Essex basic bitch. Because the 
genetically modified look. What bothered me about that is she managed to stay basic bitch while actually doing the challenge. And it, like, annoyed me. Like, yeah. she should have been safe. I want there to be a, a prompt where she has to do something else. Yes. Because I, like, want to see her have to deal with that. Because mm-hmm. she obviously is staying in a... Very comfortable. Yeah. Which feels very female impersonation more than drag at yeah. this point. Yeah. Given the nature yeah. of drag at this yeah. point. Um, Alright, so next on the runway was... Crystal. Crystal. Thoughts? I loved it okay when it first came out but that that whole face keeny lee bowery like yeah. that aesthetic i just get excited about in general yeah. um but i think it was smart like the floral print connected to the challenge the, the giant hat, hat yeah. the green accents i wish there were more green accents because mm. i feel like it was beautiful but i wanted some more details to look at like yeah little, accentuate the waist a little, a little to more. break it up yeah. like I felt like there was a little more, like, she could do. It was a great, completed look. Was, but she, was she cinched in that? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think had she, like, I normally don't advocate skinny people cinching to do that weird Edwardian hyper-thin waist, but I think that would have, would have helped for this look. Yeah. I agree with you. I also, I'm not even sure if I, I don't know what, I like the look overall. I do feel like it was in the neighborhood of the challenge, but didn't quite stick the landing. And on some level, I think if you're going to do something like that, where it's like this print over and over again, once you start adding details that break that up, it takes away from the visual impact and thus the intent of it. I don't know what I would have modified for this to get it closer to doing it well. I like the look itself. I know it was in the neighborhood of the challenge. I cannot tell you what to do to make it hit it better. Honestly, I'm not because because what you're suggesting, I think, would break it up in a way that took away from the impact. I of think it. if the underside of the hat had a different color like i think if the hat but that was green and then it was like a green ring that you would see when her head would move right that right. would like remind yeah like if you took the green bows off and had green piping yeah or like yeah hat. right like because then it would have been like a something that framed her face when she looks up but then when you look yeah. top down it's a that interesting mono not monochromatic but mono pattern yeah thing. yeah yeah, it was one of those. It I, was. Like, I don't know what to. It was it perfectly was. executed. It was a bold idea, and even if it missed the mark, I'm kind of like, eh. so. I mean, I, I'd rather see you interestingly fail the challenge than blandly Same. satisfied. I like Crystal. Like, yeah, and yeah. she left. I mean, with me having a high opinion of her as yeah, like a very totally. competent look queen. Yeah. Next, we have. I'm trying to think. Back up. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, that was so good. What did you think? I loved it when it initially yeah. came out. I like the all one tone. The wig, 100% pursuing Queen of the Desert. One of my favorite yeah. gay movies of all time. Um, and she sold it. She sold the fuck out of it. She sold the fuck out of it. And I think that was also a dress that someone could easily have worn to the races. With Absolutely. normal hair. Absolutely. But the hair and how she performed it. And the gold lipstick that yeah. like, matched all with it. All the styling it. details, like we were Made talking about with Cheryl made this campy and exciting well, and she had she did one of the uh things i love which is her her voiceover really helped sell the look when she referenced elizabeth taylor i, I almost stood up in my apartment like i was just yes because i know what picture she's talking about yeah of her wearing that like bonnet of flowers and like you can see the queen of england wearing that same hat somewhere it's like because like you almost want to be like is this too stupid is this too is this too too draggy and you're like oh wait I, it was kind of like when Ginger wore that like blue 
uh, off the shoulder number for the jet setting challenge, and Michelle was like, "That's not jet setting." I'm like, "I know exactly the picture, picture of Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor getting off a fucking plane." Yeah, me too. That is this dress. It was the same thing with this. Like Elizabeth Taylor wore exactly this little mod mini skirt with the big flowery and the bonnet, cape, hat. and her hair was like that. Yes, yeah. like oh my god, it was like shit. I was like, because I was ready to clock it as being too much, and then I'm like, oh right, this is exactly an Elizabeth Taylor Queen of England hat from like the late '60s, early '70s. And I love it. What I loved about that season seven moment with Ginger is like, I saw it and I was like, what? And then Michelle critiqued it. And then they never said anything again when the girls came back out. And I was like, oh, some gay came over and was like, this is an iconic (laughs) image of Elizabeth Taylor getting off the plane that you absolutely should know if you're judging this show. She's safe. (laughs) um, So, uh, but I digress. I I just, anytime that somebody takes Michelle... (laughs) Visage's unearned arrogant confidence and next knocks it down a page to reality and realistic expectations. I appreciate it when it makes it to television. Yeah, I, I ne- not for one moment was I like, this is too much. I was like, this is it. It also felt, for me, this is, I don't think I have the sort of Queensy English positive image of British people that Anglophiles like Ursula do. Like, Baga is exactly my image of a British drag queen and uh I feel like this this to me was like British drag queen being playfully ridiculous, perfectly executed, mm. the right level of like Benny Hill making weird faces at the audience, eye contact. She sold the fuck out of it the whole time. You know Baga gets all the tips at any bar yeah. where she's doing a show. Um she knew exactly what she was doing. I loved it. I have not seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I'm a bad gay. I will watch it within Tomorrow. the next... Yes. Um, <laughs> but I didn't catch that reference. So, all right. Um, so... I, before but, we move on, yeah. I do also want to say, with Crystal and then Vega, I got super excited for the rest of the runway, which yeah. hadn't happened before. Like, we had two looks that I felt addressed the prompt differently and creatively. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what else have they set up on this runway that's yeah. going to come out? Yeah, no, we went from two basic, like, this just feels like female illusion. Yeah. To, like, two draggy, fun looks. Um, and then we have Blue come down the runway. Valkyrie, what were your thoughts on Blue's look? I mean, I knew someone was going to come out with a horse head. Um, I honestly thought it would be Davina, given yeah. all of her horse face reads yeah. when the library yeah. was open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the flow of it. Um, she's embracing her blue again. Yeah. I felt the horse head itself could have been a little better than it was but i mean that's me being nitpicky it was a great concept and i think too it's much more conceptual but i think it could have been better okay with different styling or different decisions made i like the detail work well well enough i think it was a it was a completed look that incorporated the horse head rather than just being a look that the horse head was glued to yes i agree also blue hydrangea made me laugh so hard (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought she did a very good job. It was interesting. I feel like, for me, it's like an 8 out of 10 a little bit. Like, it didn't... I don't know. It it wasn't perfect, but it was fun and good. And I I thought it suited her. And you can tell she does a lot of stuff where it's like, I sculpted a cheap piece of foam, you know? And I feel like, given where I get the sense her budget is, what she brings out looks very finished. Yeah. What it is. Like, in a way that impresses me. Um... So, I mean, she's so young, and I feel like she's working with a small budget and basic, basic materials, 
and what she's able to do with those is very good. Yeah, I, I would say, like, especially after this episode, I think Blue is setting herself up for a really strong third or fourth place finish that puts her in a place to be, like, a real competitor in the eventual UK All-Stars. All-Stars. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think that they're going to have All-Stars wherein they pull queens from both the US and the UK pretty shortly after the UK season's yeah. going. And I'm very excited for that. I yeah. think that will be really good. Yeah. yeah. I wish they would change the name of All-Stars to, like, not, like, season two of All-Stars was an All-Stars right. season. Not all of these. If we're doing an All Stars every season, let's 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 be honest. These aren't All Stars, right? And it would be nice if they just rebranded it to something a little more honest. I'm just saying. Yeah, Ru- RuPaul's Second Chances. Uh, yeah, Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love the plenty of ideas about how else they can rebrand. Like, I want an all comedy queens. Yeah, yeah no, I, I want an all first out season. Like, there's so many. Ooh. Themes. Yo, no. I I want. I want them to do a season where, like, I want them to do a season where it's like these are girls who were like the first three eliminated on their within the first three eliminated on their season. Who it appears has really stepped their pussy up, and I want to do like. I know Layla McQueen has been traveling with Bob like since season eight, and I think that she was stronger than we got to see in a lot of ways and a lot of her weak points. She's upped her game. I've only heard great things about her as a drag queen in recent years. And I feel like to the fan base, she was like a joke who was a double elimination. And it would be nice to see her. She doesn't belong in an All-Stars, but I'd like to see her again now. Better. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, And I think Vangie's proven early outs are still strong. Yeah. Queens. Yeah. No, yeah. When times. given the airtime and the chance. Well, also, yeah. when they don't look like, when you don't turn into like Magnolia Crawford, where it just makes you bitter. I mean, Magnolia Crawford showed up. Like, I don't think we were going to get anything great out of her. No, I agree. Like, I, she was no van. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. Um, and then we have Davina's look. Thoughts? I have nothing negative to say yeah, about this Yeah, at look. all. I would, like, so excited that it wasn't even just, like, traditional riding pants. Right. They were, like, oh, no, that really interesting pleating. With yeah. The, like, uh, yeah. And the color palette was so, like, soft and yeah. feminine, but still red. Like, yeah. I'm a jockey yeah. without being The cartoonish. Ariana Grande ponytail that also yes. then looks like a horse ponytail yes. that was, like, perfectly... Per- like, every detail. Yeah. Perfectly top. And, I, like, it just... It unfolded more and more, too. Like, right. the more I watched it, the more the, I noticed the, things. The, I was the, like... The only thing that made me nervous, and this happens anytime they do something like this, she had the bit in her mouth, and all I could see was her, like, tripping and clenching. It was just like... Please, please don't don't put anything in your mouth while you're walking in heels. It's just it's just gonna. That's your paranoia. Oh, the, the look the look was great. <laughs> I love that she like stoned and made so much of that look glittery to yeah. keep it feminine, feminine and drag. Yeah. And I do think the whole thing managed to land on both rider and drag, and it felt different. I love the the pleating on the pants. That like detailed yeah. pleating on those pants added the right level of referencing jockey pants, referencing the wide hips of horses, but also strangely being like pretty and having an almost origami quality to it that was visually like drawing you. Divina, Divina to me is like, you're an old pro. Like yeah. you like yeah, I mean at this point for me, I'm I'm really enjoying this season, but I feel like I feel like I oh, at this point Cheryl and Blue, I'm like, you're both good. You're good, but like you're not like the three who are remaining other than those two are amazing. Yeah, 
I did like the uh, Ariana Grande national reference, but I refuse to believe that girl wrote that joke herself. That was the writers fed that through in your piece. So I don't know her, so I'm not going to discredit her. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so that was very well done. Uh, so we have for the first time ever a three way win. Three way win, Valkyrie. What were your thoughts on the three way win? Uh, no, I, it felt cheap. You just had a double win, yeah. which I honestly don't think should have been a double win. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> last week. Yeah. I and love then, MAGA. I don't want them to give her wins that she did not earn. They gave her wins she did not earn. We're, we're not going to discuss last episode. Okay. Um, this also, I, I felt, and I've said it, I, I think Davina won this challenge. I think she won the girl group challenge. I think she won the, this runway. It should have been Davina's win. And I, I think also, also, out of the three of them, I don't think Blue's look was as strong if we're looking at the runway, which means I don't think she deserved the win either. So, like, there's multiple things going on that I'm just like... I literally feel like all three of the winners did what I think was A-plus work for them in both the challenge and the runway. And if I'm looking at each of them subjectively aware of them, their talents, their strengths, where they are, all three of them, like, super proud of you, A-plus, very strong week for you, you did a great job. And verbally, I want the judges to acknowledge that to them. I want them to... Sometimes it is like, hey, all three of you, I can tell where you like really dug your heels in and you tried your best and you did a great job. And I want the judges to say something that's like, this was hard to choose. The three of you all like... I want those kudos stated, but that doesn't mean I want a three-way win. I'm not sure who I would give the win to. I think also Davina, honestly. Um, but I am a little like, let's, let's stop. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like double wins need to not be like the fact that we went from a double to a triple win. I'm like, are we even winning challenges anymore? Like it's, what's happening? It's the Paul Hollywood handshake syndrome. Anyone not familiar with Great British Bake Off in the early seasons when Paul would offer a baker a handshake for an excellent bake, it was like a gasp worthy moment. And now they're just being thrown out like candies. It's like, it's yeah. It, I agree with Davina being the winner if you had to pick one. I think maybe it's because there isn't a prize to split. There's just these badges that they clearly ordered. Like, you know, they had to order a gross up to get them printed. So, you know, it's like there's no disincentive to not... Like, it means nothing to award a double win because it's not like you're even splitting a prize package in half or have to do two prize packages or something. So there's... I think it's like... Yeah, I agree. It's, It's making... Because there's no real... There's no immunity, there's no prize, there's no... The win doesn't have any tangible impact on the queen or the competition but anymore. But it does on the viewers, and they're producing a show. Yeah, which, well, I, if I might be allowed to wrap my point to a conclusion... Oh, oh yeah, the two-minute monologue. You give it to me. I'm gonna, gonna yeah, I'm just saying, like, like I, I, it, it's de- they are devaluing the win, but, like, I think it's this, like, cause and effect looping back on itself, where because it doesn't manifest, they don't have to make a decision on who wins, so they're not, and that's encouraging them to just keep doing it. Okay. They're getting it's getting lazy, essentially. Yeah. yeah, there's no question they they were the top three. Yeah. And yeah. that they should have been in, in the contention. But like at this point it's like everyone gets a participation ribbon because they walked out on the runway. Yeah. But see, I don't I don't view it that way. I I think that you know, the show tries to be like we're we're crowning a drag queen, whatever, yada yada yada. And they try to make it a real thing that it's like the whatever next drag superstar and it's like you're producing a TV show if you were looking for the best drag queen you'd make a lot of different choices um, but I do think there is something legitimate Some, sometimes there's a challenge 
and you've whittled it down to a bunch of strong queens and you see strong queens really trying and working together really well and changing it up and listening to critiques and you have three people knock it out of the park. This is not a participation ribbon to me. All three of those girls deserve some sizable pat on the back. I still feel like there should be a winner. It, it's not a participation ribbon for me because I do think they all did an amazing job, but I still feel like you can't just keep d- divvying up the win. Sometimes it's acknowledging verbally, this was really hard to pick. You all like fucking crushed it. I want you to all know that Divina, you like this look was astounding. Like, congratulations, girl, you won. Like, and that's real. That and that's praise they all deserve. Yeah. I think the participation ribbons coming with because there was a double one last week, it's a triple one this week. Like, you've now if multiple people win next week, this is a pattern. Yeah. This is something that, like, no, it's not adding anything to the show. Yeah. Um, and there's there's ways to acknowledge it, but still pick that one winner. And I think too in the US version, we've seen double saves in the lip sync for your life. Like we've seen that were earned yeah. and we both we wanted them both to stay. Yeah. So when there's a historical <laughs> reference of these double wins and saves are earned, yeah. when I see this where it's like, no, you could have actually picked one yeah. and you could have actually picked one two weeks in a row, I'm like, this is lazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, on some level, there's a part of me that feels like Blue is growing on Rue, and he wanted to be able to justifiably give Blue a win. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so now let's get into the lip sync. Valkyrie, what did you think? Um, I So I think in kind of the untucked segment with the Vivian being so shook, I was like, is she so much in her head at this point that that's going to read in the lip sync? And um, I thought it could be a risk of her going home. Um, but then once the lip sync started, um, I mean, I still wouldn't call it a good lip sync, but the Vivian definitely made smarter choices in how she performed it yeah. than some of the weird ass slapping of Crystal. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I'll say this again because it bears repeating. It is, I like the untucked segment back where it was when they were sent, you know, in the old days to the Interior Illusions Lounge or the Gold Bar, because watching the Vivian freak out and not knowing if she was safe is more interesting than watching her freak out after we know she's safe. Yes. Um, I agree with you. I was, it was like, are they setting up the, Ooh, the front runner fell and legitimately, this would not be a Manila Luzon situation. If the Vivian had gone home off of that lip sync, it would have been completely earned and it would have shooken up the shooken, shaken, shaken words of the entire season. Um, I agree though that she did pull it out. Oh, for me, the moment that really like was nail in the coffin was when the when Crystal ripped off the face mask and the wig had shifted so that you could see the boy hair under the wig. I'm like, "Ooh, girl, girl, you cannot do a wig reveal unless that wig is perfect because it's, otherwise it's not a reveal. It's just you stacked things on your head." Yeah, um, I really liked the the you know the little mini untucked we get behind the stage sort of human moment and Viv being both like shaken and also like whoever's going against me i'm telling you right now like i'm fighting for my like whatever but also sweetly being like we're the top six i hope like i felt like there was a real sort of manic human like how we really shake inside at moments where it's like this can make or break or define my career and i'm very scared right now 
Um, I know I had an event at work where the CEO raved about everything I've done for our firm this year and all of my accomplishments. I didn't even know it was coming. The opening statements was a five-minute monologue on me, and when I gave the closing statements, I started to tear up and look like a crazy person. Fun thing that happened to me this year. Um, so I've been there, and I feel like that like manic moment that she had really fucked her up. Yeah. Um, and it was so human and real, and I appreciated it because I didn't feel like the Viv was trying to produce herself. You can tell that she really cares. She's like an A-plus student. She tries really hard, and she has a lot of arrogant confidence that is she's got the goods to back it up. But she also knows, like, she is human and capable of, like, failing. And this, like, she was shaped, but also sweet. And I get it. Yeah. I, like It showed the professional she was. Yeah. Unlike a temper tantrum by a U.S. queen in a similar situation. Yep. On an all-star season. Yep. Um... That left a forever negative taste in my mouth of that weed. Yeah, I mean, that's who she is. I feel like that's, like, a very... That's who she is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, in the lip sync itself, I love a big, widely built, beautiful face, high cheekbone woman or drag queen owning a song that's, like, an emotional power bitch ballad. And as much as I would agree with you that it was... It wasn't unexceptional lip sync. It was a solid B plus I know yeah. for me that always hits me. It's kind of like Cheryl's look where it's like, this is basic, but it's in line with like the color tones. I, it's a basic look in the color hues that I like. So for me, it's like not as much of a problem. Whereas for me watching this, it's like she actually lip synced very well to the song in a way that was emotive. And it was, it was a solid B plus, which honestly, best lip sync of the season. Agree. And to me, it was like, I did look at Crystal, some of it, but I was mostly looking at the Viv, and it was like, Vivian won this. Um, and, and the Vivian was acting it. Like, in some of those, early, like, in the build-up to the first chorus, she was treating it like it was a performance piece, and not just mouthing the words. And yeah. that's always the main, that, especially oh, no, for a song She performed like it and emoted it. Yeah. Like, she could have danced, like, there's a lot she could have done that was bigger, but she did the damn thing. Yeah. Um, like the 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 perfect version of that is like Latrice's natural woman. woman yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like that only Vaga calls her the Viv, but like that is the name I remember her as, as opposed to like it's not intentional that I keep saying the Viv as opposed to Vivian, but that's just that's where we are. Um, so yeah, right decision made. I'm glad. As much as I loved Crystal and yeah. what she brought and represented, it was absolutely her time to go given this her performance in this challenge, and I'm glad that. The Viv is sticking around. Yeah, going into this episode, if you had said, who do you think's going home, I probably would have said Cheryl or Blue, based on previous weeks, and I don't, I, I'm not saying I think either of them will win, but I think, uh, again, I agree, the, in the episode we got, Crystal was the right call. Oh, I was definitely thinking, so Crystal or Cheryl are going home this week. Oh, they're giving Crystal the totally unearned win for the reading challenge. They have decided they want an excuse to send her home this week, and then that's what happened. But I also think that her performance right. absolutely justified totally. that. Yeah. They didn't even have to reference, well, you were the team leader to justify it, which I feel like is their default go-to. We want an excuse to send you home when there are six queens left and you are giving the least interesting interviews. <laughs> that said, I do feel like five out, what they love to do is send a beloved queen home with a self-sabotage narrative so they get a good in all-stars too. They do it in a way that is so formulaic and calculated. They're trying to produce the next Katya. 
like they did with Miss Cracker. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see if they're continuing that formula because they're so on that now. So, so who do you think that would be? Uh, the Beloved Queen, where it's like, oh, you've gotten your head and fucked up, where it would be like heartbreaking for us to send her home and probably unmerited. Divina. Okay. She's the only one showing that level of vulnerability who's yeah. clearly a top contender. Yeah, oof. I agree. That would hurt. And I don't want them to. No, no. But that is what they do I now think, in I, a way that is trans. They did the same with them. Yeah. And that pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, of the queens left, I think my top three is is the Viv, uh, Baga, and Damina. Same. Yeah, I don't, same. Yeah, I don't think there's a... I would love it if one of us was like, I don't know, Cheryl, I think, is going to really turn some crazy avant-garde. Yeah, she, she's going to... She's going to do a Wessex girl, yeah. or maybe even a Sussex girl next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big Viv fan. I would much rather see Blue. Ooh. Oh, and, and the Viv in the top three. I think in terms of talent, Hersla's top three makes sense. I really like Blue, and I think she's doing a great job, and she's a great queen. And Rue loves to always have a, oh, this 23-year-old did a, like, Rue is youth. And thinness obsessed. She just is. Yeah. Like in a way that is like a lot of progressive liberal ideas about those things. Like RuPaul is pro eating disorder. She just is. Like that's just a reality we need to acknowledge. Um, And I think that Blue is a very strong, lovable, scrappy 23 year old queen who takes simple materials and they're not perfect. They're not like the stuff that, um, Oh my god, the oh my god, who what was her name in season eleven? Alyssa's daughter? Uh Plastic Tiana? Tiara. Oh. Plastic Tiara rented all that like drag costume range yeah. in game. You know, it was like produced plastic materials for the runway. Right. They're not that finished or refined, but they're very good for what they are and yeah, what yeah. they were made with. Yeah. That she is a justifiable twenty three year old to keep around. And I feel like given the way this show's gone normally, I see Rue wanting to keep Blue in that top three. Fair. But I would love it if it maintained the meritocracy it has felt like thus far. Yeah. And we got the top yeah. three that deserved it. I agree. That's just my personal opinion oh, yeah. that the Viv is not... Ju- I have no logical reason oh, why. No, I think her arrogance is... Oh, no. Like, I get it. She's... I, too. I feel like she hasn't pro- proven her arrogance to me yet. Like, she hasn't like, proven that she has the goods to back it up, or she hasn't been super arrogant to you yet? No, she hasn't proven to me that she has the goods to back it up. Okay. Like, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of confidence. No, I get it. There's... I haven't been wowed by anything she's done. Okay. There's, a, there's a distance for me with the with the Vivian's performances where it's like, I acknowledge intellectually the technical acumen on display, but it's one of those, like, I'm not, I'm not connecting to it quite emotionally yet. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, yeah, you're polished. You know your stuff. Yeah. That doesn't mean you've earned that big head. Mm. And not just the one she grew naturally, but her ego. And on that <laughs> note, <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Valkyrie, so much for coming and for sharing all of your thoughts on this season and on the Viv's big head, metaphorically and physically. Yeah, no, of course. It's always a fun time. Happy to badmouth some more people. I love future. it. I love. We also good-mouthed a lot of people. Yeah, this is I feel like we praised those top three. We were like... I, I, yeah, yeah, no, we, this is a loving podcast. Yeah. All right, well, on that note, I'm Condé Nasty. And I'm Priscilla the Sea Bitch. And this has been Reading Drag Race. Bye! Bye.